what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm your other co-host, Ryan Buell. And I'm sick this week, so mm-hmm. bear with me. Uh, if there's a lot of throat clearing or coughing, I'm going to do the best I can to edit that out. But this is the first day I felt even halfway decent to uh, do anything, so it worked out that we're recording a little bit later than usual. Um, so yeah, don't get sick is, is bad news. Word to that. Yep. Uh, but how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I've been tired. Very tired, but not yeah. bad at all. You okay. still working a lot? Uh, yeah, I worked all last week and into this week, so I'm I'm, I'm off for the rest, but I'm hmm. tired. Yeah. <laughs> tired, but good. Well, uh, it is officially the kickoff to summer movie season here. Um, it's it's May. It's, it's May 3rd as of the time of this recording, and... I guess tomorrow, technically, um, with the Thursday night showings, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to open. And so with that, there's going to be a small format change, I believe, to the to the episodes for the summer. Um, but we'll get to that next week, uh, just so you know that's coming up. Also, this first half is going to be a little bit different because um, instead of doing what we've been watching, last week we did more of a... Uh, conversation between two friends uh, segment that was like what we've been consuming. It was one, very well received, and two, uh, I'm guesting on a podcast this week called Hey What You Watching over at TalkFilmSociety.com. That's TalkFilmSociety.com. And Hey What You Watching is the entire What Have You Been Watching segment blown out into an hour-long podcast, sometimes two-hour-long podcasts. So, if you want to hear what I've been watching this week, uh, Ryan, you can feel free if you watch <laughs> something this week, but if you want to hear my my What I've Been Watching this week, you're going to have to go over to Hey What You Watching uh, with Matt and Marcelo over there at Talk Film Society. Um, so, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is something we talked about last week is Tabletop Day. Mm-hmm. Um, how was your Tabletop Day? It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. We were at Autos, got there early, got a really good table. Nice. Uh, I think we ended up only playing about three games before we even called it a day and went home. But uh, but yeah, it was really fun. It was a lot of blood, a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't. Remember what did we ended up playing? We ended up playing. Um, uh, I think we ended up playing Rise of Augustus, mm-hmm. which is a really good board game. Oh, what else did we end up playing? Uh, oh, man, my memory is shot. What else? Uh, it'll come to me eventually. Oh, I can't it was. It'll come to me in a minute. Probably well, probably mid-sentence when you're talking. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> How about you, man? Oh, Adrenaline. Oh, okay. That was the other one. Can't remember what the third one was, but I remember okay. those two. Got it. How was Adrenaline? I haven't played that one. It's really good. Uh, it's a first person. It's well, what it is is it's a Euro style board game disguised, quote unquote, as a first person shooter, like an arena shooter, like, like Quake or something. Yeah, like yeah. Quake or you know the classic kind of shooters of the day. But it's ultimately an area control game. Huh. You're trying to have the most hits on another player to get the most points. But you have resource management as well because you've got a certain amount of ammo. And to reuse the guns that you keep picking up, you have to pick up ammo and it costs you an action. And so you have to kind of weigh, do I want to shoot this round? Do I want to reload? Do I want to pick up a new weapon? What kind of a strategy? And each gun in the game functions very, very differently. Like mm-hmm. it, it does different things. And it's a lot of fun. So it took, you know, first time through for the people we were playing with, so the game took longer than it normally would, but it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, nice. Uh, my tabletop they started kind of Friday night. Um, we had a big get-together where everyone brought food, and a bunch of people showed up at our friend's house. And uh, <clears throat> the night before, we kind of helped decorate for that, but also my buddy and I ended up playing the Battle for Kemble's Cascade, which is the Galaga, basically, board game with nice. a scrolling board, and um, it's set up like an arcade shooter. Um and it's very Euro style as well. Yeah. Um, very heavily strategic and uh, a game of points. And so we played that on Friday to just kind of get the feel for it. And then we played it two player Friday night. And then we played it four player on Saturday afternoon. And the four player game took about three hours. <laughs> uh, but it was really fun. Um, the person who won, a uh, friend of the show, Robert Mayo, wiped the floor with us. Uh, he ended up lapping a couple people. That's how many points he got. Dang. Yeah, it was stupid. Um, <laughs> and which is hilarious because the night before we were like, man, because uh, the the point tracker only goes up to twenty, and then you hand them a card that says twenty plus, which means they're about oh, twenty. Okay. Um, and Friday night we were like, man, I don't really see how it would be possible to get over twenty in this game. And then he ended up with like almost forty points. It was like thirty four points or something stupid. <laughs> Um, so we played that and then we played Betrayal at House on the Hill. Ow. We played Betrayal at House on the Hill, uh, which is kind of a standard in our gaming group. We played a lot. Um, it was actually the first time I've seen a scenario repeated in the game. Mm. Um, so that was interesting, to, especially because the last time we played it, I was the traitor. Nice. Um, and so kind of to be on the other side of that was really interesting. It didn't work out so much for the trader because the it was basically a scenario where you had to, as as the non-traders, you had to take uh, an object to a specific room, and so the the trader had the object originally. He had to take it to a specific room, and okay. then the non-traders had to take it from that specific room to another specific room, and if they did that, they won. Okay. The specific rooms were only two rooms apart. Ah, so advantage to the non-traitors. Yeah. Yeah, they were only two movement spaces apart, so it was very, very short work uh, made for it, which is... That can happen in that game. Yeah, good and bad. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's a lot, it ended up being a lot of build-up for not a lot of climax, mm. um, which... When you have a game that's such a, an aided storytelling tool, like Betrayal is, yeah. it can be a little dissatisfying. Mm. And then we played Cult Express, uh, nice. which is Chaos. Yeah. I don't know if you played it or not. It's a program mm. program movement game. Heard a lot, but I've never played Man, it. it's, I like that game quite a bit, but it is Chaos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I ended up winning that one, actually. Um and then, uh, did you get a chance to watch anything this week? Yeah, I watched one thing, uh, and that was Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd. Oh, how did that go? Also, why? <laughs> I actually, I, I've seen it before. I actually own that movie. Um, it's a guilty pleasure. It's I know it's bad, but it was just kind of fun to watch. Uh, I, it's the same categories like the old school Dungeons and Dragons movie mm -hmm. that came out in the 90s. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. The acting is bad. The plot is subpar, but it's just it's just that nostalgia of like, oh, so this is what crappy how they made crappy movies back in the day. Like, I don't know, Judge Dredd. They really tried to copy the comics, mm. like the look of it. They really, mm -hmm. really were going for. So I appreciate that, but um, um, and it's a fun movie in certain parts. But yeah, it was it's just a guilty pleasure. It's it's terrible. Yeah, but. <clears throat> fun to watch every now and then is that the one that has rob schneider in it yes okay why he's in it i don't know is that the one that has the three seashells in it three seashells was well, that the which uh in the bathroom uh, or is that demolition man that might be demolition man i think that's demolition man that had uh the actress who's in all the rom-coms I think <clears throat> Wesley Snipes is in Demolition Man, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's a cop. Yeah, it's Demolition Man. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen that one too. 
But that was a that was a weird scene if I'm th- if we're thinking of the same thing. It's where he because he gets unfrozen, right? Yeah, yeah. And he like goes into the bathroom, and instead of toilet paper, there's three seashells. That's right. And he's just like, "How do I what?" Yeah, and then they make fun of him. But isn't Rob Schneider in Demolition Man too? He might be. I don't know. He I don't know what he was doing in Judge Dredd. He's a weird <laughs> character. Rob Schneider, man. <sighs> I like him actually. He's in, he's been in a couple good ones, but. Anyways, but that's that's about as high as my uh, movie watching has gotten this week. Got it. Uh, well, I watched four things, but like I said, you can go check out the F- Talk Film Society uh, episode um, featuring myself on talk talkfilmsociety.com is where you can find that. The podcast, they have several podcasts over there. Um, the podcast is called Hey Whatcha Watchin'. Um, and yeah, uh, I also got a chance to play... I had a chance to play a game from my childhood that I haven't touched since my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a video game, uh, and it is—it's a video game for the Sega Genesis called Tiny Toon Adventures: Buster's Hidden Treasure. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. It's an old platforming game uh, from Konami of all people, a legit publisher, uh, based in the Tiny Toon Adventures universe, and. I had it as a kid because I was super into Tiny Toons. I was really into Tiny Toons. And I guess I got it for like a birthday or Christmas or something. And my friend collects old school games like they're going out of style, which I guess they are. (laughs) But uh, he has a massive collection and I saw that that was there. And we were hanging out on Sunday and he was like, hey, do you want to play this? And I was like, yeah. Well, turns out I, get, I I was really good at it. I made it halfway through the game in about half an hour. Dang. Uh, and it's an old school platformer game, which are usually really hard. Yeah. And for some reason, my old muscle memory kicked in. And I just started, like, owning. I lost one life in the first 14 levels of the game. Dang. Yeah. Uh, which is usually not the case. And uh, so he was like... I was like, oh, aren't there like 60-some-odd levels in this? And he looked at the back of the box, and he was like, no, there's 33. And he was like, I want to see you beat this. And I was like, okay. So (laughs) I ended up beating it. But I ended up having a really hard time with with the last level because right before you head into the last boss, Mm -hmm. there's a chase sequence. So you have to outrun someone that's trying to capture you. Okay. And if they capture you, you lose a life. Like, you don't lose a heart. You lose your life. Like, that's it. And if you lose all your lives and get a game over, if you hit continue, instead of starting you at that level, it starts you at the beginning of that section of levels. Oh, So you have to play through three levels before you get to the last level again. So I figured out a trick where on the second to last level... I could farm extra lives. Okay. <clears throat> and so I basically it was go get an extra life, go get a second extra life, lose that second life, go get the other because they would respawn every time you lost your life. Oh. So you would basically net one for every two you got. I gotcha. So I, I ended up netting ten lives and <laughs> I was like, okay, I made it to the last level and I got really good at those last three levels. Yeah. I ended up netting 10 lives, and I was like, okay, if I don't make it in these 10, we have the password, I'll come beat it another time. I'm going to get too frustrated. Proceed to me entering the chase sequence nine times and losing nine Mm. times. I'm at zero lives, and I finally make it into the room with the boss. I make it past the chase sequence. Okay. And... If you make it past the chase sequence, after the first or second hit on the boss, you get an extra life because of your score. Okay. Um, So I was like, okay, if I can make it to... And if you lose a life while you're fighting the boss, you don't have to do the chase sequence over again. You just have to fight the boss. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm guaranteed at least least two tries on this boss. And so I hit him, got my extra life, and then I beat the game. I ended up like, I don't know how... Because it takes like seven or nine hits to, to beat the last boss. And uh, I did it. 
I don't know how, but yeah, I did it. And awesome. I was, it was this like perfect, like buzzer beater moment <laughs> of like, I, I had made the deal. Like, okay, this is the last, the last shot yeah. at this. And once more. Into yeah, the exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then also it was one of those matter of pride where when my friend said, I want to see you beat this, I was like, then I'm beating it. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know how you had the patience for that. And I was like, because I'm with you, if I were at home, this would be a much different experience. There would be some swearing, some mm-hmm. things being thrown. Yes. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. Let's talk about the dark tower. Tra- the dark yeah. tower. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Let's talk about the dark tra. The dark trousers. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about the dark tower and the dark trousers. Yeah, sorry. You do it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Dark Tower. That's the, the one new trailer. Yeah, so a trailer dropped today for the Dark Tower. Um, for those unfamiliar, the Dark Tower is a set of seven uh, mm-hmm. Stephen King novels that are what he considers to be his Lord of the Rings. As a matter of fact, they're incredibly inspired by Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, if you read the the author special edition of the, the forward, uh, yeah. yeah, the forward of uh, the first book, The Gunslinger, he talks about what a massive influence Lord of the Rings is on the Dark Tower series. And if you read mm, twenty pages of the Dark Tower, it's immediately obvious. Mm-hmm. I've only read half of the first book. Uh, have you read all seven of them? No, I haven't. Okay. So it's uh, basically it takes place in uh, this world of gunslingers. It's kind of post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Gunslingers are, for all intents and purposes, knights or yeah. protectors. Protectors of the multiverse. Yeah, um, and there is someone looking to disrupt the multiverse, known as the Man in Black, and he's like mysterious and evil. Um, and the gunslinger, uh, who goes by the name of Roland, uh, teams up with a child to basically help. Uh, restore peace to the multiverse mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and so those books are getting the big screen adaptation treatment it's kind of been a long time coming a lot of people have tried to adapt these books ron howard was trying for a long time to do it he wanted to do a movie a season of television on hbo a movie a season of television on hbo and a movie and he would be able to cover all seven books mm-hmm. across those that would be bananas. That would be... I don't know if anyone would fund that. Like, I can't think of any company that would just pay money for that. That's so much. That's so many things to follow yeah. to tell one story. As it stands, I believe it's set up as a trilogy of films. Mm. Um, I believe that could be incorrect information. Mm. Um, but... They've also said that this movie takes place after the events of the books, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know what happens in the books. I assume there's some crazy time travel that happens um, because you are dealing with a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idris Elba is playing the gunslinger and Matthew McConaughey is playing the man, man in black, black and an Australian child is playing the child. <laughs> um, Jake. Yeah. Jake is the name of the character, yeah. not the name of the actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ryan, what did you think of the first trailer for The Dark Tower? I have mixed feelings. Because um, I do love the series. I've read at least the first, well, two and a half. I've read the first two books and part of the, the third one. Uh, and I sadly got spoiled on kind of how the whole series ends. Um, so I kind of know where things are going. Um, but the movie, it seemed too blockbustery to me. Like, hmm. too much of a michael bay type of action movie um because the novels are amazing to begin with but they're also very kind of dark and kind of their setting what's going on and the the, this first trailer just made me feel like eh, it just looks like they oversimplified the plot uh and just kind of made it an action adventure type of story uh i'm hoping that's not the case i'm hoping this is just first impressions and you know the movie will be a different beast um, I really don't think Matthew McConaughey was the right choice for the Man in Black and Idris Elba. I, I like the actor, but 
I'm having trouble seeing him as the the main protagonist uh, in in the the Dark Tower series, but I'm more than willing to be proven wrong. Yeah, uh, the the thing has a weird tone. I couldn't quite get a read on it. Mm-hmm. Um, McConaughey is making some choices, and I like Matthew McConaughey a lot uh, as an actor. I think he usually does good work, but man, I don't know what he like. It almost seems like a, like a, like a, like a theater student doing a bad impression of Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I love that. Is, is how it feels. I don't know, his inflection on some of his lines is a little like, ah, you sure? You sure about that? Mm-hmm. Um, Idris Elba looks okay. Uh, that's how I usually feel about Idris Elba. People love that guy. Um, I'm not one of those people. He's fine. I don't get, like, excited when he's in stuff, but I'm not like, oh, man, Idris Elba's in this. I think, I almost feel like the two should have flipped roles. Uh, one, I think Matthew McConaughey needs to change up his performance in total. Mm. But two, I almost feel like the the way they are playing those roles, it almost seems like they should be reversed. Like, it mm. seems like what Idris Elba is doing is almost more suited to the villain. Quiet and menacing. Mm-hmm. He looks really imposing, which yeah. is cool to have, like, a big badass superstar yeah. um, in your, it, you know, but the way they, like, I don't know if it's the way they shot him or the way they he says his lines, it almost seems villainous. And I know the gunslinger is kind of in a moral gray area mm-hmm. to begin with, but it seems, like, almost too, I don't know, it seems almost too imposing um, to me. And also... Idris Elba's, like, really tall, and Matthew McConaughey's kind of average height. Yeah. Um, and so he just kind of towers over the villain of the story, and it's like, I don't really know if he's supposed to be an underdog then. Like, he looks like he could wreck this guy, especially because McConaughey looks like, I don't know, a rock star kind of with, like, his open shirt, <laughs> like, his open Super blazer. Skinny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's weird. Um... Hearing him recite the Gunslinger's Oath was really dope. Yeah. I, I thought he did a really good job with that part. Mm. Um, you know, the the Gunslinger's Oath, uh, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's basically like the Green Lantern Oath, you yeah. know, for Dark Tower nerds. Yeah. I think they nailed, I think he absolutely nailed the delivery on that, and I think the footage that they cut that to is really good. Yeah. Um, especially when he says, I don't kill with... Um, what did he say? I don't kill with my gun, I kill with my heart. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I think the scene they set that to is perfect. Yeah. Um, and that looked dope. Like, that was the coolest part of the whole trailer for me. Yeah. I think... I think the reason... I'm hoping the reason it looks the way it does in this trailer is there aren't as many Dark Tower fans as you would think there are. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're a fan of it does not mean everyone is a fan of it. It's, at its core, it's this really high concept, high fantasy series from, yes, one of the most popular authors who's ever written, but it's still a pretty big commitment. Stephen King writes long books. Mm. There are seven of these long books in the series. They're not straight up horror the way a lot of his material is. So I think you have to sell general audiences on it, and the way you're going to do that is with Flash. Mm. So I'm hoping that the trailer is just all the Flash up front, and it'll be a much more meditative experience in the theater. Mm. I never say this, but I also hope the movie is like two and a half hours long. Like, I just feel like it needs to be a long movie. Yeah. Who's directing it? I don't remember his name. Um, he directed something. He, I know he co-wrote, he co-wrote the American adaptation of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I think he handled the tone of that very well. I think it was appropriately dark, uh, for how dark the, uh, the original was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought he did a good job with that. Nicolaj Arcel. No, he has not directed anything I've heard of. Well, he directed a movie called A Royal Affair, which I think I've heard of, but I couldn't tell you anything about Hmm. Um, he's mostly a screenwriter. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, so not a lot of experience behind. The, not a lot of experience behind the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. He like I said, he wrote "Girl with the Dragon Tattoo." Uh, honestly, that's the only movie on here I've heard of on his writing credits too, besides Dark Tower. Mm. Huh. So it sounds like the studio's taking a chance, which could be good or bad. Yeah. Um, it does have one, two, three, four credited writers, which is not great. Mm. Usually does not bode well. So uh, we'll see. Um, like I said, I hope it's good. I hope it's sweet. I yeah. want it to be cool, like a post-apocalyptic fantasy western. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Uh, there's some cool nods in the trailer. Um, there's a scene where the kid is talking to a child psychologist. And the tra- the kid's having visions. Uh, he see- he's basically seeing through the fabric of time and space and catching glimpses of the man in black and the dark tower and the gunslinger. And this child psychologist is trying to convince him that it's basically all hallucinations. And the room starts shaking as the fabric of the multiverse starts to tear. And the child psychologist grabs onto a desk and there's a shot. When he reaches for the desk, there's a picture of the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Uh, I didn't even catch that. <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, later on, it shows him standing in front of a sign... That looks like an old funhouse, and it says Pennywise. I didn't even catch that either. Well, that makes sense because in the books, the Dark Tower is the nexus point for all of Stephen King's novels. Like all of them exist in this world and different. Like he's, he kind of he kind of reveals in the series that all these novels are tied together to the Dark Tower in one way or the other. Oh, interesting. So it's that's it. I I really hope they continue with that. That actually makes me. Think oh they they knew they know the material if yeah they're making those kind of yeah things. that's, that's interesting cool. I, see now I'm almost wondering if they're pulling together an even bigger universe than we know mm-hmm. because it is coming out later this year mm-hmm. obviously um, my understanding is that it is part one of two um, and they're they're splitting it into two movies. Um, presumably one with the kids and one with the kids as adults. And also, King and J.J. Abrams are working on an, uh, an original series, I believe, for Hulu mm-hmm. that I don't remember the name of, but it's the name of the county in Maine where all the stories take place. Mm. So I'm wondering if they're kind of trying to at least tangentially connect all three of those things. That'd be pretty sweet if they were. Yeah. Yeah, and that sounds like the kind of ridiculousness J.J. Abrams would definitely sink his teeth into. Yeah. So, huh. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, the kid looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, immediate problems with dropping his accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said his second line of the trailer, and I was like, that kid's not American. And I looked it up, and he's Australian. <laughs> yep. Immediately. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. So dumb. Hmm. So dumb. Uh, yeah, we'll see, man. I'm not... I want to be excited for it. I really want to see it. Yeah. I want to see how it plays out. I want to read at least the first book before the movie comes out. Um, Get prepped. Yeah, at least that way I have some sort of knowledge about the universe. Yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with it. And like I said, I, I hope it's better than what it appears to be right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. I am Groot. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga chaka. (laughs) I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. I was hoping that was going to keep going. (laughs) Girl, you got me wondering. (laughs) I can't remember the rest. And we're back. And this week we're here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. 
Um, it's the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy. Who'd have thought? Uh, um, it's a big Marvel tentpole movie, which mm-hmm. we've come to accept at this point as being the ones that kick off our summers. No matter when that summer is. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's in March. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, like I said, the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy. The first one was an uh, 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 a surprise monster hit for Marvel. Uh it, you know, was certainly offbeat, off-kilter for them. It was the weirdest thing they've ever done up to that point. It was a space opera that was bold and had a lot of jokes and colors and characters quipping at each other. It was written and directed by James Gunn, who had just mm-hmm. come off the indie scene. Uh, he usually does a bunch of, like, R-rated horror comedy, action comedy stuff. Um... People flock to it, man. Like, it was... it Like, it, for a certain generation, it is their Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, I heard people, several people say that it was, you know, the last time they felt like that watching a movie was when they saw Star Wars. It was a huge hit. It had a ton of stars in it. Uh, like, John C. Riley and Glenn Close even showed up in it. Michael Rooker, who's in every single one of James Gunn's movies. Yeah. Nathan Fillion, who's in every single one of James Gunn's movies, had... A cameo. Um, it was a big freaking deal. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into Guardians Volume Two, Ryan, what do you think about Guardians Volume One? I love it. I think it's a great fun movie. I thought uh, when it came out at the time, it was kind of the breath of fresh air that Marvel needed at the time. Something different, something that didn't feel like it was just a trailer for their next big project. Mm. Uh, I love the characters in it. I thought it had some good pathos with kind of all these, all these broken characters kind of finding each other and then doing something about it. Um, I mean, the villain is not the most compelling. Uh, the, some of the certain yeah. plot points aren't the most compelling, but the characters and their stories are interesting. Uh, and heck, I even tear up with Groot and that whole scene at the end. Mm, when he saves his family. Yeah, when he saves his family. Because really that's what this, the heart of the series is, is family. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, not Vin Diesel family, but... A little bit Vin Diesel family. A little bit Vin Diesel family. Yeah, good point. It is Vin Diesel. Uh-huh. <laughs> he just, that's, family's just his brand. Yep. Um, wow, that just blew my cranium. <laughs> um, anyways, so, you know, I, I love the, the first one. I think it's pretty good. How about you? I am not as high on the first one as most people. I've come to like it more. Um, it opened the same year as Winter Soldier, um, which I, to this day, I think is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Uh, and <clears throat> arguably their best. Yeah. Um, I like parts of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I like it when the characters are talking like characters. Uh, or like people, I should say. Mm-hmm. Even though one of them's a raccoon. Even though only one of them's a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the character moments, like the, the heartbreaking backstory stuff, I think all really works. Yeah. Really works. I think it gets a l- really muddled with all the jokiness of it. Yeah. It's a little too jokey for me. And I know that kind of makes me sound like one of the DC fanboys that you see online who, like, praise Batman v Superman for being super dark. Mm. But, like... I don't know. I feel like there's a... There's a balance. Yeah, I feel like there's a balance. And I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy leans a little too heavy on that. Um, One of the reasons I like Iron Man 3 is it's very funny, but I think there's also serious consequences. You know, it is very much about Tony dealing with his PTSD. Yeah. Um, And I think they found a good balance of it. Uh, That could also be my bias and that I like Shane Black more than I like James Gunn. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I'm also on record as not being the biggest Chris Pratt fan. Um, He's one of those... You mean you didn't like Jurassic World? Uh, (laughs) That's opening a can of worms, I'm sorry. Spoilers, I didn't like Passengers either. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's just something about that guy that I just... I don't want to say I don't like. Like I said, he seems very nice. Yeah. But I just... I don't know. There's something about him where... He seems... His performances seem a little phony to me, I Mm. think. Um, And so it almost seems like... Just 
act like a person like act like a real person would mm. um almost so, like hamming it up or yeah overacting a yeah yeah, that's how I feel about a lot of his performances. I actually really like the first 30 minutes of Passengers, where it's him alone on the ship. Um, I really like that. I actually just watched Passengers for another podcast I'll be guesting on this week. More on that later. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. There's something about Chris Pratt. Uh, I like Zoe Saldana. I think Drax is a really good character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bradley Cooper is great as Rocket. I like Bradley Cooper a lot, though. Yeah. I really like that guy. I don't know. I think he's super charming. Uh, Groot is adorable. I don't know why it has to be a famous person that is Groot. Like, like every time Vin Diesel's like, I'm I'm Groot, like, in, in the press, and he's yeah. just like, oh, man, I love being Groot so much. And it's like, yeah. You get paid kind of a lot of money to just show up and say, I am Groot a bunch of times. Mm, this is true. Um, I would love that too, Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, I just like, anyone could have done that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm a jerk. Uh, the villain in the first one isn't great. I think it's a really good TV movie. Um, not in that it feels like a made-for-television movie. It mm-hmm. definitely has Marvel bucks behind it. Yeah. Um, but, so I've seen it three times now. The first time was in theaters. The second time was actually for the show. Um, I gave it a second chance, and I liked it a little bit more. And then the third time, I was playing Settlers of Catan at a friend's house, and they had it on F, and the movie was on back-to-back on FX for some reason. Mm. They do that a lot. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Thank you for your input. Uh, The movie was on back-to-back on FX for some reason. And we had it on the background while we were playing Settlers. And we kind of caught the tail end of it. And then we got done playing Settlers. And we were all hanging out. And we all just kind of got sucked into Guardians of the Galaxy on TV with commercials. (laughs) Like, we were watching it on live TV with commercials and everything. And... For some reason, I liked it a lot more that way. I, I can't tell you why. There was something about having, like, the interruptions of it that made me, like, um, because it gets, it's kind of in the shadow of Guardians. Yeah. Um, so, that's, that's my complicated situation with the first one. Uh, we're on the cusp of the second one. It's now uh, guaranteed to be a, play, a trilogy. Um, the trilogy is going to take place after the fourth Avenger, Avengers movie, mm. um, and which I think presumably is going to be after the uh, the 10th Fast and Furious movie, so crossover. Uh, <laughs> two I... space families. <laughs> oh, God, no. Make me cry, won't you? <laughs> um, so... Uh, so Ryan, what do you what do you think about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the characters progress. I'm excited to see Peter Quill's dad that 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 story thread get picked up where mm-hmm. it was left off of the first one. Um, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I feel bad saying this. Being a, a Marvel Comics fan and being a comic book fan, period. I'm not as excited for these new Marvel movies as I was in their heyday a few yep. years ago. Now it's just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's it's not it's no longer a novelty. It just sort of is. <laughs> yeah, it's you it's know? an obligation. It's an obligation. It's like, oh, the new Marvel movie. Oh yeah, I'll go see that. That's that's you know, it's like the, the next Disney movie. You know, it's gonna be well. Done. It is the next Disney movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, but you know, like. The next princess movie, that's yeah, yeah, Beauty yeah. and the Beast, yeah. you know that that style thing. We just know it's going to be well shot. That they're you're going to see all every dollar, um, acting and story could come and go depends. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it'll be good. I'm I'm more excited for other movies just because with Marvel movies, I feel like the surprise factor's gone. Mm. Like you, you know the character, no one's going to die. Yeah. Because you already know they're going to be in the next 
Avengers Infinity War. It's true. They need to kill some main characters fast. Yeah, so the threat is, is there. The twists aren't really there. We are, The twist that his dad was going to be in it, that was already... Okay, no twist there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, it's. I, I feel... I'm down to see it. I really hope it's good. I'm pretty sure it'll be a fun movie to watch. I'll be glad that I saw it. But there are other movies that I'm more just like fanboy like ah you know like king arthur mm-hmm. uh planet of the uh, battle for the planet of the apes yeah. so those movies i'm just like i'm chomping at the bit i want to see those guardians i'm down to see it but it's not life or death and if I, if i were to miss it i wouldn't be like oh no i'd be more like oh <coughs> red box <laughs> yeah yeah very much in the same boat i'm not I'm very lukewarm on this one. Um, one, because I'm very lukewarm on the original. Uh, I, there are two things I'm excited for. Kurt Russell. Yeah. You that put that stash, guy in. man. Man, yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell and my boy Sylvester Stallone is in this one. Oh, is he in it? Yeah, he is. Who's he playing? Uh, they just revealed it the other day. I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> that's hilarious that's super funny I opened my IMDB app and it was staring at me with Sylvester Stallone because uh, <laughs> I was on the IMDB page for Demolition <clears throat> Man he is Stalker Ogord no clue who that is um, Starhawk oh old school Guardians of the Galaxy Mm-hmm. Alright. Yeah. So, that's who Sylvester Stallone is playing. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That'd be Uh, interesting. I just love... I kind of love the old people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than I like the the newer faces. Like, I just love that there is a a cinematic universe that exists where Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone, and Michael Douglas are a part of it. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Robert Redford... That's right, Hail Hydra. Yeah, uh, even though he died, it would be sweet to see him come back. Yeah. Did he die? Yeah, he died. Okay. Um, it kind of looks like more of the same, uh, which is good and bad for me as a non-fan. Bad. Uh, good in that I appreciate tonal consistency across a set of movies. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's... I think James Gunn knows the tone he's going for and he goes for it and he nails it i don't think it's a tone that appeals to me Mm. i like what you said about you know with these marvel movies it's hard to get excited about them anymore because they've bumped up to releasing three of the things a year now Mm. that's a lot uh they all kind of look the same. They're all kind of just like colors and jokes and slow yeah. motion. Um, well, I mean, a perfect example of Doctor Strange. Yeah. I really wanted that to be something different. But really, it's just taking the Marvel formula and they put it in the Doctor Strange universe. And then making it psychedelic. Yeah, psychedelic. Way, way too many jokes. Mm-hmm. Really taking away from a, a true heroic moment at the end of that movie. And making it weird and f- funny, quote unquote funny. Yeah, you know, and that was their chance to be like, no, we're gonna try. We're not only are we gonna do a character that's a bit obscure, we're gonna try a different tone. I feel like the Marvel movies, you, they're different, but the tone is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm glad you brought up Iron Man three because that's probably one of the one of the few there the tone is way different Mm -hmm. like the comedy is way different than any other marvel movie it's that shane black kind of cynical dark yeah it sticks out like a sore thumb man it does and it's probably why it's not the most popular but it's one of my favorites yeah because it's different it feels like someone's idea yeah it does yeah it doesn't feel like a carbon copy of disney like do this a billion times it doesn't feel like it was made by committee yes Exactly. Yeah. Which is how these Marvel movies are starting to feel. My next holdout is for Black Panther. Oh, good lord, am I excited about that movie. I think they'll give that one a lot of leeway. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I hope so. Gosh. 
just let Ryan Coogler direct everything and get out of his way. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler's like my favorite director working right now who's like part of the new school guys. Yeah. Uh, so I I hope they get the opportunity to make the movie that Ryan Coogler wants and not the movie that Marvel wants. Yeah. Based on the description of the footage that journalists just saw, it really feels like that. Okay. I feel like it could be this like... Because it's about like royalty and stuff. So yeah. I feel like it could be this like super cool like sweeping royal epic yeah. set in Africa. Like that, yes please, like all of that sounds a dope. Technologically advanced Africa. Yeah. Like, Ooh. Yeah. That's different. Like this kind of steampunk, cyberpunk African royalty story. Like that sounds like, that sounds awesome on paper. Yeah. Um, And you have, one, I, Black Panther was my favorite part of Civil War, like top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, two, you have the guy who directed what I think is the best movie of 2015, uh, Creed. And the guy who acted his pants off in Creed, Michael B. Jordan, is playing the villain mm-hmm. in Black Panther. Um, I think it's... I'm hoping that it has, like, a really good villain. This became the before Black Panther podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but Until Black Panther next February, I think... I'm not super excited about any of these Marvel movies this year. They're all kind yeah. of about the same for me. Um, yeah, even even Homecoming, I'm kind of yeah. I'm ho hum on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited and hopefully it's amazing. Yeah, I'm super down with Thor though. Yeah, because that feels like it might be have a different tone. Maybe that I don't know, man. That weird kind of um, uh, New Zealand, New Zealand yeah. type of humor that the director is known for. I hope that gets in there, but it may just be another carbon. And just to me, it seems very Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Very Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll see. Uh, It's interesting. This one is not getting as good of reviews as the first one did. Yeah. I think part of that is because the sheen has worn off. Uh, Very rarely do sequels get better reviews than the first one. <clears throat> but it's weird because I feel like Disney slash Marvel know what they have on their hands at this point. Yeah. Um, I think they have a really good sense when a director turns in a movie. I think they have a really good sense of how that movie is going to play to critics specifically. Because they let reviews for Civil War come out almost a month before the movie came out. They didn't let reviews for Guardians come out until two weeks before the movie came out. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, you know, and Civil War is great. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, and But they also knew it was going to get 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 across the board. Yeah. This one is getting more mixed reception. Yeah. Uh, more, you know, almost three-star kind of reviews. Mm. Uh, not bad. Like, it's pretty good, but it's still pretty, like, I've seen better. Yeah. Um. I feel like they know that. And so I think you can really judge the quality of a Marvel movie at this point based on when they lift the embargo on the movie. Because Doctor Strange also didn't release their reviews until two weeks before the movie came out. And Mm. that was pretty middle of the road. Yeah. I'm sure there are going to be elements of this movie that work. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an outright disaster. I don't think these Marvel movies at this point are at a spot where they can have one. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I'm just not super excited about it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I'm going to come out and be like, that was the thing that I saw. Next. Yeah. Probably. It'll probably end up being that way. Yeah. But I'm, like, like I continue to say, I'm more than willing to be proven wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I want it to be good. I want every movie I see to be good. I yeah. never want to see a bad movie. Yeah. Because then it's a waste of my time and money. Yeah. Um, even the movies I think will be bad, I hope are good. Uh, but just based on what I've seen, based on how the reviews are, I feel like I'm going to be like, all right, that's all. <laughs> um, and I may even come back and be like, that was pretty good, and then not remember it mm, a month from now. Yeah. I don't see myself remembering this movie by the time Homecoming comes out. Mm. I don't even see myself remembering this by the time Baby Driver comes out. <laughs> um, yeah, do you point. have... Go, go ahead. So by that point, we're just going to be remembering Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, do you have anything else to add about Guardians 2? No, not really. Yeah, it seems it almost seems like a thin movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there there aren't a lot of story details. Uh, yeah. I mean, if if they build off the characters and they they add more depth to them, you get more backstory. I'm I'm down. Yeah. Um but if it's just more flash and silly for the sake of being silly. Yeah. Then it's just like, well, that's fun, but it's that's a snack. Yeah. I yeah. Want, I want a meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I feel like blockbuster filmmaking can give you something to think about. Like, you can have your cake and eat it, too, quite literally. Yeah. Uh, and I think Marvel's best movies prove that. Winter Soldier. Yes. Iron Man 3. Civil War. They all take on, like, pretty serious issues. But they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think movies that are almost like Guardians of the Galaxy are, can be fun to watch. But at the same time, it's just like... It's almost like cotton candy, like it evaporates on your brain. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I have to see it again to remember what even happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I know this is a weird one to kick off the summer, <laughs> you guys, but uh, that's that. Then is the breaks. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me at MJSmith891 on Twitter. You can find me all over the dang all internet this week, actually. Um... I write for wordofthenerd.com. Go visit that site, wordofthenerd.com. I've been writing a lot of Kingsman news, which I'm fine with. Mm. Um, so go check out my pieces about Kingsman over there. I am guesting on Hey, What You Watching? Um, with Matt and Marcello. Uh, I don't remember their last names. <laughs> uh, Matt and Marcello over at talkfilmsociety.com. And then over at real world theology just kidding um that one's not coming out till the 20th um so uh you can find us on soundcloud itunes stitcher radio beyond pod if you're an android user talk film society you can find them i know on soundcloud i think they're on itunes uh but go to talk talk t-a-l-k film society dot com and uh check out all their podcasts they have good writers they have good writing over there um they're a cool group of, of folks. Uh, I'm sure you guys will hear the story of how I ended up on the podcast on <laughs> the podcast. It Basically, I tweeted a GIF and got on the podcast. <laughs> um, that's literally <laughs> how it happened. So, yeah, uh, go check them out at MJSmith891 on Twitter, wordofthenerd.com, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, Real Perspective. Um, we just had a game space go up and we just had a real perspective go up. Our next real perspective episode is going to be about the films of Ridley Scott and why he's so beloved, but so mediocre. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, I'm sure you've turned it off at this point because I said Ridley Scott was mediocre, but, uh, <laughs> until next time, uh, go watch a Marvel movie. I am Groot. Family. I am family Groot. I am family Groot. <laughs> Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>